Hello and welcome to the Modern Musclehead Podcast. This is Scott Tuzan of MetabolicMasterpiece.com, along with my co-host Brian Cron of BrianCron.com. And today we are joined once again with special guest Jay Scott of Full Disclosure Fitness. We are going to be sharing some insights into what's been going on in our physique journeys and uh, get some insights into what it's been like for Jay to enter his 36th or 37th year of life here. He recently celebrated his 36th birthday. Dude, happy yeah, birthday. 36. I'm 36. Man, not 37. I'm just playing. 36. You're entering your 37th year. Yeah, okay. I don't like to think of it that way. 42nd birthday, and you said I was 43, man. Like, I mean... Everyone's like, everyone's wishing me a forty third birthday, and I'm like, where are you getting this? They're like, oh, it was on your podcast. I'm like, fuck no, I'm forty two, man. I'm forty. So uh, I don't know. See, we can see our insecurities coming out here. Yeah. Uh, we get, but the honest truth is, I still feel good. I still feel good in the gym. And earlier, before the call, Brian was talking about the fact that he had had a really good training year at thirty six or thirty seven. So it's different with bodybuilding than it is like in the NBA. Because you can push yeah. on past all this stuff, you know. No yeah, doubt. That's one, that's one difference, yeah. I, I totally agree with uh, with uh, Brian as well. There, I when I was thirty five, going on to thirty six, that's when things really turned around for me. It's been since that yeah. point that I've just I've made my best progress ever since um, thirty five, thirty six on. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to experience as well just really knowing our bodies what works for us training a lot smarter um, more than anything and i think as we age just paying attention to to smart focused technique and form so you keep all the tension on the muscles and um, not feeling so much aches and pains in the joints so and it's been also been the time since i i shifted from a lot of the i guess trendy short burst workouts to just bodybuilding physique training and I, I think as we're aging it's one of the best approaches to take in terms of uh working out and training i find it a lot easier on our body than some of the other heavy lifting and and high impact stuff that i was doing previously yeah i agree with that i think that the older you get the more you have to work with your mind and you don't want to just power through things when you power through some of these things like i remember i i'd get down on the bench press my shoulder be hurting a little bit ah I just go ahead and get the set done, you know, and now I'm like, stop now, and I go do something else immediately, and I have, if anything, I'm not going to say I have less aches and pains, but there are less, there's less danger of me rupturing something now, I think, than there ever has been. I think that I'm safer now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I want to yeah. knock on wood with that, because that's one of my worst fears. There was a lady that goes to my mom's church, and she came in and said, look at my arm, and I looked at it, her bicep was torn off she said it sounded like a gun going off she was just picking oh. up some and it was at the bottom you know it's not one of tear it was a top tear so it was at the bottom a little golf ball and she's you know 70 years old and she said do yeah. i have to get this fixed and i said go talk to your doctor but you know they may not fix it at this point unless you're you know worried about your guns <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah exactly but uh, that's what you don't want to happen yeah yeah like i'm certainly not as strong as i was back then but then again I don't really train exclusively for strength the way so I did go through a period where that's all I cared about and mm -hmm. uh but then yeah I was never more injured than I was <laughs> during that phase and yeah just uh 
certainly, yeah, bodybuilding, you can keep pushing it and pushing it well into your 40s. Just if You just got to stay healthy and you got to stay you have to be a lot more on top of you, like the, the what they call the restorative end, like you know, your sleep and your you know, eating patterns and stuff like that. You can't really be a douchebag quite as much, but it does work. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. I agree. I think that it's it becomes more of a mental game and just trying to stay on top of it and not just power through physically. I think that that's pretty much the way every sport ages. You know, you got the older guys, they're using their mind to beat the younger guys they're not using their body to power through so you yeah. have to transfer into that as you get older yeah absolutely man i'm bummed that i didn't get to uh to see you when i was cutting through uh kentucky there on my way to tennessee during vacation it uh it's tough when we're in the car for a nine or ten hour drive to, to get oh yeah to, to get through um but man that's I a, been... a beautiful country uh in your area there i love love the little uh the mountain ranges and the the fields it's just it's just gorgeous gorgeous area down in the hollers <laughs> yeah it's pretty man it's nice down here it really is and i'm from deep i mean i'm cutting out right now 80% of my accent <laughs> i used to talk like this you know i mean it was really bad you know i mean i was just draw everything out and i can't even hardly talk i can't even hardly talk like that no more but it, it, <laughs> that's a good thing. I, I was gonna say, man, like especially like in Tennessee, in Tennessee, I couldn't understand what the hell they were saying. Like there's there people. I'd be walking my dog around, and people come up to pet them, and they're they're like, it's like they're asking me questions, but I'm like, what the hell are you saying? Like I I was clueless. I'm like, wait, you yeah. guys must have to go to school to learn this. There's there's here in Canada, it's we learn French and English. You guys, it's like every state you have to learn a different language because I had no yeah. idea what the hell they were saying it was the most bizarre experience ever what kind of dog is that is that a golden retriever (laughs) (laughs) No, at least that i can understand but there's this they talk fast and even though they draw some stuff out it was just it was like a whole different language is very uh very interesting and i mean i know other people from tennessee who didn't sound like that but uh Mm -hmm. it it was uh it was a bizarre experience but beautiful beautiful area for sure I start going back into it when I go home. Like I'm right on the border of Kentucky and Tennessee, right southern, southeastern Kentucky. And when I go down there, it starts coming back. Like when I'm, pl- I went been going down there and playing basketball, and I just find myself talking like I used to, and I'm like, and it fits in. You know, everybody, nobody says a thing. It's every that's the way you talk. Mm. They think you're weird if you don't talk like that. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. So what's uh, what's been going on with your physique journey? Where are you at right now? What goals do you have? And, and what's been uh, going on with training and nutrition? Well, I have switched up a lot of things. Um, I'm leaning out again. So that's the number one goal right now is get lean and try to stay that way, which I've never been able to do. I mean, I'm pretty open and honest about the fact that I get really lean and then I slowly or sometimes quickly get back out of leanness, get fat, in other words. And it's because I love food so much, and I love to eat at night. That's pretty much what it's been. So I've yeah. started uh, intermittent fasting, in a sense, or maybe it's carb backloading. I know Brian loves these names because he oh, yeah. put on Twitter yeah. the other day. We used to call <laughs> it what? Uh, forgetting to pack your lunch and for, or uh, not eating breakfast and forgetting to pack your lunch is what they used to call intermittent fasting. <laughs> <laughs> and the truth of the matter is that you have to kind of put a name on something. It's like if you had an iPhone, but you just called it little box with a screen. I mean, people would yeah. be like, what? 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> so you have to put something on it. But what I do, I'll tell you what I do, and then we'll talk about it. Get up in the morning. I haven't cut breakfast out completely. I eat 115 grams of egg whites and <laughs> one slice of 45-calorie toast. And then at noon, I have one serving of plain Greek yogurt, which so I'm totaling about 200 calories. And then I go to about five or six, and I eat 12 to 1,300 calories from six to nine, and I go to bed. Holy crow. And it has made no difference except the way I feel during the day. I had to get used to it. And still, right now, I'm pretty much on a fasted mindset. The later in the day it gets, the slower my brain seems to get. I'm hoping that'll go away. But at the same time, I feel really sharp. It's a really unusual feeling. I'm, like, better in some ways. But sometimes somebody will talk to me, and I, I wait, like, two seconds before I talk. But And I, I don't usually do that. <laughs> See, I hate, you know, I hate that metric, though. I hate feel. Like, because it's like, it's so like, oh, I feel better. People use this all the time with me. Oh, because I feel better. I'm like, really? Okay. You feel better. Like, are you sure it's because of what you're doing with your diet? Maybe it's your sleep. Maybe it's your food choices. Maybe it's just because you're doing something new and you're more mindful. Like, that's why I like, as I've gotten older, I, I like much more at like, am I getting strong? You know, am I getting lean? Like, is, like, is there, are there discernible, you know, yeah. things that I can, you know, you know, put my thumb on and say, yes, this is working. I don't feel better. I just feel different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel and like the shit. thing I'm doing. <laughs> when I'm in a deficit, there's like yeah. no way to get around the fact that I feel lethargic yes, and, yes, and yes. hungry. And yeah. the only thing this does is it puts all my hunger before 5 p.m. And to be honest with you, I don't really want to eat before 5 p.m. Yeah. It's like I'm, my body's hungry, but my mind doesn't want it. So I've cut out the mind thing. Because yeah. at night, I feed that monster that usually comes out about 5 o'clock. I'm uh -huh. like shoving food in its face. And yeah. while I can't eat as much as I ultimately want, it will say, eh, it's good enough. And it'll walk off yeah. in its cave and go to sleep. And I can go, and it leaves me alone. It used to be there standing like a dog while you're eating. You know, it was looking uh -huh. me in the eye like, eat, eat. You know, yeah. and I would be eating breakfast, 400, 500 calories, and I wouldn't be physically hungry. I feel like I needed to eat, but I wasn't hungry. And so now I'm putting all the calories at the end of the day. That's the only difference I think it makes. I'm not yeah. saying carb backloading is like, and you're able to eat more. No, that's stupid. You're just putting your calories in a different spot. And everybody should put their calories in a spot where they're comfortable. That's what I'm finding out now. Only been doing it two weeks, so I don't want to speak too soon. So far it's working, but I'm still probably 12 or 13% body fat. So when I get leaner than that, who knows? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, if I pig out at night if i was to eat a 1200 calorie meal at night i wouldn't be hungry first thing in the morning i would delay my breakfast a mm -hmm. bit so i think that's kind of a um a natural feeling occurrence it whereas if i if i don't eat much after dinner time then i want breakfast first thing in the morning so i think it's it's mm -hmm. timing but timing doesn't I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of it just comes down to, to personality. Like you said, I, I think we all deal with that late night hunger cravings. I think that's the, the toughest issue for a lot of people yeah. um, to kind of overcome. Yet, like talking with Brian, talking with my workout partner, talking with several other clients, it seems to be like when we cut out the late night snacking, mm -hmm. that's when things really start to go well for us. 
Um, I like that. I like going to bed feeling light. I don't enjoy going to bed feeling full. Um, I like waking up feeling light. Because um, to me, it, it seems like things are working. It's like, oh yeah, wake up, I feel light. My and like, all right, thing, I'm, I'm making progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if I eat large at night, I wake up, I kind of feel a little full and bloated. I'm like, ah, blah, what did I do to myself last night? And um, it just it changes my mindset first thing in the morning. So I think right there, just listening to myself talking, it's a lot of it has to do with personality and how we yeah. respond to these different approaches. But I find instead of Instead of realizing, all right, I, I love to eat late at night and snack. I should just put all my calories there. I just come up with different tactics to allow me to not go for those snacks right. at night. And and by building upon that and getting a few days in a row of cutting out that late night snacking, I start feeling better and I want to keep doing that. And especially as I keep seeing progress going along. So I think well, it's... It's tough. It, I think there's a lot of. I, I see what you're doing there with, mm-hmm. with that. Hey, why not put up, put the majority of my calories at night where I tend to be more susceptible to, to eating more and, and caving in. So I, I, I definitely wouldn't say your approach is is wrong. <laughs> it's an approach, and like I said, yeah. they they all work, and you got to find what suits you, your personality, your lifestyle. Yeah, you know, you know the like I wrote a blog about this. Like the big rock is. You know, as long as you're in a calorie deficit, that's that's the lion's share of the of the equation. I mean, after that, everything else is kind of, you know, does this work for me? Does this feel better for me? I mean, I'm I'm like I'm always a bit of a you know a sucker for stuff that worked way before the marketing kind of took over, mm-hmm. and it was always you know like guys would go to bed a little bit hungrier and you know eat a little bit cleaner <laughs> and stuff like that, and and it worked. Um, and even though that's not trendy today and it's not, you know, and that's certainly not sexy and it's not what people want to hear, you know, and it is only about, you know, a small percentage of the equation, but I just think it works a little bit better. And I'd, yeah, kinda, I'd, I think I'd hang that, my hat on that. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that, I mean, I agree with you to an extent. I'm not sure yet is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. Would I go back and say, Jay, starting in 1998, I want you to intermittent fast starting yeah, yeah. now. And and then what would my physique have gotten to? Would it have gotten to as high of a mark? And I almost think no, maybe. You know, part of me still says that, but I've already built a physique. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and uh, I've just attained this muscle. And honestly, let's go back to the hundred. The, there's a big thing here. Consistency is really really important, and the majority of people on Earth, that's their big factor that's keeping them from success. Yep. is they're not able to do a calorie deficit every day over a week or two. And if totally. that's the case, if you can put all your calories at night and adhere to it, then you can have good results that are maintainable instead of fantastic results that are fleeting. You get what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. totally. so that's kind of my thought on it. But as far as what Brian's saying, I cannot disagree with that. It does seem a little bit better to have meals spread out, to eat a little more cleaner, to do those things. I'm trying some different things because I've never been able to adhere to it. Since uh-huh. 1998, it has been forcing myself through this pain barrier to get yeah. lean, and then I would have to give up on it because you can't live like that. This way, I think maybe, and it's only been two weeks, but I'm gonna, I'll am going i keep you guys updated. 
maybe I can maintain it long term, keep a six pack that's maybe a little bit fuzzier at times, you know, a little bit softer, but still maintain my abs instead of getting that 15 pound overlap. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I've gone through similar experiments. I haven't done the, well, you're really not intermittent fasting when you're when you're it's doing the smaller. Loading. Yeah, yeah. Oh, even then, I don't know so much about that. But yeah, you're eating fewer fewer calories during the earlier part of the day, and then and yeah, yeah, it's calorie backloading more than anything. Maybe not carb backloading, but well, uh, that's what they call it. I think that there is a a term for eating protein, like you're on a low carb diet early in the day, mm-hmm. and then you pound everything at night. And what that's supposed to do is it's supposed to allow your body to get insulin sensitive and then you suck up more of those carbs and they Whoa, steer yeah. some more towards I, I think you that, know i'm not yeah. doing it because of that crap. yeah I, I think that that got knocked down recently and i think even Whoa. didn't the creator of the the whole carb backloading movement didn't he i think he yeah, came he, under yeah, fire he came under fire recently i think he even admitted that yeah, he, a lot of the claims or whatever he was saying were was was bullshit um but even <laughs> even in that case like you said you're not doing it for that reason yeah. right and i think that's that's the key right there is not doing something for some of these marketing hypey type reasons that really aren't substantiated but doing it more so for what fits yeah like your lifestyle and personality and and your own uniqueness and and yeah i think that over time i mean i've been through the frequent meals and and really timing it really really making sure my meals are like very scheduled and planned to being a lot more just waiting till i actually feel hunger so i I have my my coffee in the morning and maybe that'll tie me over for for an hour and a half or or two or sometimes even three hours in the morning depending on how busy i am with work and if i'm not overwhelmingly hungry i'm not i'm not gonna eat and i just i eat when i feel i need to eat when i feel real hunger um, so there are some mornings where I would be intermittent fasting, I guess, according to some people, or I may delay my breakfast until uh, 11 a.m. or something like that. And, um, I just go with, with work, but I wouldn't put a label on how, how I'm eating. I'm in, intermittent fasting today. Um, but yeah, I, I've tried intermittent fasting, not in the sense of delaying my meals every day until 2 o'clock in the afternoon like some people tend to do. Um, I have done Brad Pilon's Eat, Stop, Eat, where it's uh, once or twice a week, you go for like a 24-hour period where you're not eating. So it might be from two in the afternoon to two in the afternoon. So every day you're eating, uh, which I kind of liked the idea compared to, I did that for six weeks. And then I did another intermittent fasting program where it was like 36-hour fast every five days. And uh, I did it because I was always someone who I thought if I didn't eat frequently, if I didn't eat first thing in the morning, I would I would crash. And because uh, I have been known to to faint uh, if I haven't, if I don't, if I go too long without food. Mm-hmm. And um, I I mean I didn't I wouldn't say I'd feel I felt great on it. Um, I didn't <laughs> I wouldn't say that at all. I yeah. didn't feel great with it. Um, it just it didn't suit me because I do I I can do it. What what made me happy yeah. was that holy smokes, okay, I I can go twenty four hours without eating. Well, if you do I that once do a week, I mean, you're not. Listen, it took five days before I even started getting used yeah. to it, going all day without eating. The body's very adaptive, but if you do morphine one day, like if you take a big shot of morphine, you're not addicted to that. 
you do it three days, four days, your body starts being like, where's my morphine? And the thing about, it's the opposite too. If you're doing a good habit, your body has to get used to it. It's like, ah, I guess there's no food in the mornings now. So we got to stop, you know, throwing these triggers. And I think you can get used to most anything. Most people can if you give it enough time. But you got to be careful. You can't pass out. I mean, that's horrible. I've had those kind of feelings too. I don't know if I want to put myself through, especially when... When with well, what I'm doing is working, the frequent meals, eating breakfast, it, it obviously works for me. It works for a lot of other people. Uh, my my big trouble would be with, um, I'd say the majority of the time I work out at 10.30 a.m. And I hear some of these intermittent fasting people say, oh, my God, I feel I have my best workouts when I train fasted. Um, fuck, I have my worst effort, my, my worst <laughs> workouts when I'm fasted. I just, I mean, I if, if I eat, most of the time I'm eating 60 minutes before my workout and by the end of my workout, I'm hungry. Like I'm ready to eat then. If I don't eat before my workout, if I'm like in a fasted state, I'm hungry the second I, I, I get in there and I find I'm distracted and I, I don't perform the yeah. way um, that I typically would with food. So it always it interests me. It, I, I, I'm definitely not saying... You can't have a, a great workout in a fasted state. I don't want to say that people are lying when they're they're saying that. I, I just um, what gets to me is was when when I do hear some of these fasting proponents say that training fasted is the it's the best way to work out. I, I because I have the most energy in a fasted state. Everyone's gonna have a better yep. workout if they're like that. Yeah, that's, that's wrong. That's, that's bullshit, man. I I definitely don't and. The vast majority of my clients do not. I mean, I see the way it is, especially with the early morning clients who, I mean, they're they're begging me to come up with an ideal breakfast that they can eat before uh, six in the morning workout when they're they're just they're waking up and they're coming to the gym. They're like, I, I if I don't eat, I'm screwed. I, I don't have the energy to get through this workout. But if I eat, it's really close to my workout. I don't want to feel that food in my stomach rolling around there. So what's the ideal breakfast? But I know just from, from my personal experience and clients' experiences, most people do not do well training in a fast. Well, you know, I mean, I have to say I believed that too. And then I gave myself a week and I'm training. I'm just yeah. as strong. It's really strange. I mean, I, I, I was right in your group. You got to understand. I, I only tried this because Gregory O'Gallagher came on my show and was talking. And I'm not saying, <laughs> listen to this. I just put my calories in a different spot. I'm not saying anything about it being more beneficial or anything, okay? Mm-hmm. But I thought, you know, in high school, the way I ate was I would get up and have like a Pop-Tart. Then I would eat a slice of pizza at lunch. And then I would eat like a bowl, of, two bowls of cereal and I would go play basketball seriously for five or six hours. And then I would get either a large pizza. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> a large pizza or five items off the extra value menu at Wendy's. And I would eat all that, and then I would eat some frozen Oreos, and I would go to bed. And I was 135 pounds because I was burning who knows how many calories playing five hours of basketball. And that is the way I've always preferred to eat, whether that was nature or nurture. That's the way I learned to eat. And since then, I've battled the desire to eat all my calories before bed. And I battled it since 1998. And I would win sometimes and get lean through discipline, and then I would lose sometimes. So I'm just putting it back like it naturally is for me. If it's well, not naturally that way for you, you probably shouldn't do it. All right, I got to I got to jump in. I got to jump in. I for fat loss, absolutely. I think 
intermittent fasting, I think, is absolutely for for fat loss or even maintaining a lean physique. You know, absolutely, it's as good. Well, if you prefer it, then I think absolutely run with it. But for building muscle, for getting bigger, for getting stronger, which you know, I still hang my hat as a bodybuilder first. For building muscle, getting bigger, stronger, being more jacked, you know, creeping up closer to 200 pounds, you know, that kind of thing. I think it is just not ideal. Mm-hmm. And I do not the, – the people I know who embrace intermittent fasting who are bigger dudes, you know, I don't mean like, you know, with respectful physiques, there aren't many. And the few that I run into, they built their physique, you know, doing it the classic way, which is, you know, eating. And I, and I always kind of scratch my head when someone argues with me how not eating is better for building muscle than, than, than eating even somewhat frequently. And I just sit there and I kind of – I just I have to question. I, I hate judging people by how they look, but that's one of those cases when I always just like, dude, you're, you're 160 pounds like, and you're you know, five foot nine. Like, it don't – you should embrace something else for a while. Put on some muscle and then get back to me with your opinion, you know. Yeah, well, I agree with that too. And I built my yeah. physique uh, with the traditional methods, yeah. and that has you know has to be said. And so it very well may be true. And the thing that I do think though is I think that we are, we're a pampered society a lot. Yeah, we really yeah. pamper our bodies. Like, oh, it's been two hours, you know. And and I think that our bodies are not set up to make these drastic fast changes. Everything that I've seen in the past is smoke cigarettes a day you're not addicted you know it's always been a slower process of adaptation and that's just a theory but i think that your body doesn't necessarily eat your biceps if you go five or six seven hours without eating and even if you go longer than that it typically won't but as far as building muscle brian may be right uh if it gives you any kind of edge and you're a serious bodybuilder i maybe you should go for the the possibility of an edge you know what i mean possibility of yeah yeah i definitely i think it's again it's going to boil down to to personal preference and yeah i definitely know people who who really embrace the the intermittent fasting lifestyle they're maintaining their physiques um getting a little stronger um and uh, yeah and, and yeah they're 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 or they're getting leaner. Yeah, so it's, there's, um, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm not against it. I, I think it's going to work for a segment of the populations. It's definitely not for for everyone. And, and you know, another thing, I'm having 37 grams of protein before I break my fast at five or six. Yeah. So I haven't abandoned this completely. You yeah, know, I yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. Yeah, there's, you're, it's not you're like not, I'm not eating nothing. You know? Yeah, you're not. You're not. Yeah, wait until two o'clock to have your first your first meal. There, it's it's different. I think for fat loss and for smaller people, especially smaller guys like us, Jay, it's it's a little easier. There, there may be a better benefit to the intermittent fasting because we can have some larger meals. The fewer meals you eat. I know that when I'm in a caloric deficit. Um, three to four meals a day works really well for me. But when I'm in muscle yeah. building mode, when I have uh, a larger chunk of calories to play with, I feel like crap on three to four meals. I definitely need to to spread my meals out a little bit more. I just, I'm not someone, I think maybe that's why the intermittent fasting or calorie backloading or carb backloading doesn't work, sit so well with me is because I just, I'm not someone who enjoys feeling full and having really really large meals um 
well, I think that's a know, big, pe- big part of it. Go ahead. Yeah. Ron. Yeah. And then people will straw man you. They'll go, you know, I'll, I'll argue. I'll say, well, you know, you know, intermittent fasting for building muscle, it's, it'll, it can work, but it's certainly not optimal. And then they, they always respond with, well, seven meals a day isn't optimal for me. And I'm like, well, dude, like who said, who said seven meals, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, however you want to place it, you know, just start there. You know, it just, that worked for, you know, it seems to have worked for a few years. So like start there, you don't have to go right up to like full on Tupperware, bro. Mm-hmm. And Steve you know, Reeves. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. man. It's like you don't have to go to seven, man. You don't have to go to like just it just having just one uh, feeding period a day, though. Again, when you're trying to add size, it's just not just not ideal. Like I just I don't know. I can count the people on one hand who are successful at it. So I mean, at a I would certain have point, to agree with you on on yeah. optimal for size increases. Yeah, it's just there's too much of the day that you're possibly catabolic, you know, and. Uh, I agree with you on that. Uh, another thing is I'm eating four meals, but yeah. the first two are <laughs> the first two are for like a 26 pound leprechaun. <laughs> but it's funny though; it's the truth. Sometimes comes out in the wash. People are like, "Oh, I intermittent fast." Well, I I eat this before I work out, and and you know, and about two hours before that, I eat this. But other than that, I intermittent fast. It's like okay, yeah. Or I'm pounding back a BCAA shakes to make sure I get my protein in, so I'm not going yeah. catabolic. I'm like, yeah. okay, so if you have to have yeah. uh, protein <laughs> in that form, so you're not breaking down your muscles. Wait, wait, so you're saying you you will go catabolic yeah. if if you're not going. I, that I'm much. hedging my bets, man. <laughs> um, J Scott Fitness. You, that's all my social media, but you can follow me on my fitness pal, and you can see exactly what I mean. J. Scott Fitness is my. Oh, good. I'll troll you. I'll troll yeah. you. <laughs> Get over there. I, I accept all kinds of weird messages, nudies, everything. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's great. We've, we've <laughs> talked about that before. Uh, but no, I think that's, that's the. Uh, it's good. I like what you're doing there. It's very similar to what I've done. I. I have a very open mind when it comes to various forms of training and nutrition, and I've been known to experiment with various protocols. And uh, I think having given it six weeks time on two occasions is enough of a, an experiment for me it's not to, for you. Yeah, to know sure. that hey, yeah. it's, it just doesn't suit me well. But I'm also, um, just because it doesn't work for me, I, I'm not someone who's going to say, well, it's not going to work for anyone. Uh, but I think just based on my experience with it, based on yep. uh, a client's experience with it, I know it's not for the vast majority of the population, but I fully embrace it for the segment of the population who, who does seem to yep. really enjoy it and, and it sits really well with. I think, I think that's what so, so many people <laughs> out there are, are looking for one solution that the the plan that's going to work for everybody out there and i think we really got to look at things and say like you know what there are countless approaches out there that are going to work for small segments of the population and and it's really just a matter of of finding what's going to suit you the best i think we're going to get to a lot more personalization in terms of of diet and training in uh, in the years to come and rather than trying to find more generic stuff that that could work for all of the population instead. That's, that's just not going to happen. Calories and protein. That's your main thing within a 24-hour period. And then maximizing is down to the timing and all that. That would maximize. Um, but uh, if you get your calories and your protein correct. Now, I wanted to talk about this. So I'm going to throw this out there and let you guys talk a minute. 
130, 120 to 130 grams of protein is what I've been taking in. I've dropped it. And the last time I was on your show, I told you I'd missed a total of five weeks when my best friend died. I mean, I was in depression. And about five days other than that where I didn't get a gram of protein per pound of body weight every day. And I was attributing that to my success, okay? Lately, I've dropped the protein a little. I've given up about... I've been up my fats and carbs, and I've dropped my protein. What do you guys think about protein intake per day? What's optimal? Ooh, pro- what, protein. I'm uh, – <laughs> I can sound funny here. I eat way more protein than I know I should. And it's funny. When I work with people, I always bring their protein intake down. Like I, mean, I work 99% with guys, so I, I typically bring their protein down mm-hmm. unless, they're, unless they're eating low protein, which my clientele typically doesn't. But – um, me myself, I, I, I always, I gravitate towards a higher protein diet and I fully admit that it's wasteful and it's kind of expensive carbs and I could do just as fine, uh, with higher carbs and probably do better with higher carbs cause I'm doing a little bit more cardio now, but, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm a notorious overeater, you know, Scott's seen me eat. It's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> and, and so if I find when I load up on proteins, especially if I eat it first in the meal, I can kind of, uh, I, like, like you were talking about earlier, I kind of satiate that beast so I'm a little, because eh, I will always finish. If I'm given something, unless it's shitty, I will finish it. So so if I start with protein and I kind of overeat, overeat that, I, there's less carbs for me to inhale later and, and certainly no desserts. and. So to answer your question, I eat – I'm always around 250 grams a day, I'm sure. Okay. So we got a high-protein guy. Yeah. Now yeah. what about and, – and it works. There's no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it works. Yeah. Not sure it's 100% necessary. I'm finding out right now. I seem totally to be not. fuller. I seem to be fuller because I get really flat when I diet. And yeah. I've got about 170, 180 grams of carbs a day now, and I yeah. seem to be fuller and not losing so much muscle size so far. But, you know, it's been – couple weeks since i've been doing this so what about you scott Mm -hmm. yeah i uh i recently i'd say about six months ago started going a little lower more Mm -hmm. towards the um one gram per pound of body weight um mainly looking at the research just i I think it's probably around the time where uh eric helms and um, Mm -hmm. that team of people came out with the their new it wasn't their nutrient timing one it was it was one of their bodybuilding, their big meta analysis there, and um, just their their recommendation of one gram per pound yep. body weight was kind of general thing. I'm like, you know what? It's I'm gonna I'll play around with that and lower it because I was I naturally tend to gravitate towards higher protein. I just really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dropping it down to to a gram per pound of body weight or just a little bit below that hasn't. I can't say I've noticed a difference, negative or positive, um, because of it. Um. Interesting, because that's what I've been thinking, too. I, I've always been notoriously low on fats. So I'll be at 20 grams of fat, and I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I'm trying to get my fat up to about 40 grams, 30s anyway, and then I'm trying to keep my carbs higher, which actually spares protein. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to get away with it, and I may even drop it down as I up my calories back to maintenance, I may drop it down like 110 or 120 uh, between there, maybe just slightly over 100 and see what happens. Because as you up those carbs, you don't have to consume that protein for energy. and Your body will spare that. 
So it's interesting, and I think it's worth experimenting with, even though I've always been an advocate of one gram per pound minimal. Uh, it's just a general guideline. Yeah. That's all that has ever been. It's just it's it's a general general guideline, a little little safe practice there. Um, yeah, it's it's I, an, I, it's an interesting area. Um, I wouldn't be wanting to. I wouldn't want to be dropping it too much lower yeah. than than that. Um, and it's. I mean, there's still there's uh, Dr. Jose Antonio. He he put out a study that was well above the one gram per pound of body weight, and that produced some pretty exceptional results. So they're just. I think right now looking. I think some of the others his colleagues were, were kind of picking apart some of the limitations of that study, but it gave us some, some food for thought and some, some, some reason for future studies in that area to see if higher protein may, there may very well be some exceptional benefits to it as well. And, but then you see the other areas of study going on right now where they're saying lower, lower is good as well, but it's not also, as what you're consuming, it's how much you're absorbing. And, but of course, those studies are usually um, kind of backed by companies who have those um, digestive enzymes, products, supplements behind them and saying yeah, that yeah. you'll absorb more protein. You don't need as much protein as long as you're absorbing it. Hey, take my supplement, by the way. Aminogen. <laughs> Aminogen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that it differs from person to person. I think different people's digestive tract absorbs different amounts. And you kind of have to experiment for yourself once you get these basics down and see what works for you and see what keeps you happy enough to be consistent with your nutrition because that's one of the biggest things. Is It's just so hard to be consistent if you're going against your grain. Yeah, I, I think in a deficit, and research has shown that, that uh, uh, above 1.1 above one gram per pound body weight can be beneficial more so for this that satisfaction the feeling because it, it tends to make some people feel fuller yeah. now you're saying well, that higher more carbs are making you feel fuller so you guess you gotta kind of know well, yourself um the interesting thing about that is i'm having 37 grams of protein almost pure protein i have one piece of dry toast but until <laughs> five or six o'clock and then i'm eating 90 or 100 grams of protein <laughs> Right, yeah. in one meal, pretty much from 6 till 9. So really that would count as a high-protein meal, even though the total for the day remains a little low. Yeah. So, And the interesting yeah. thing about that is that, I mean, you, you could have segments of our industry attack you there and say, oh, well, you can't absorb more than 30 grams oh, of protein per off. meal. <laughs> You're Luke consuming 90 book. right yeah. there. So, so yeah. you just... You're just wasting 60 of those grams of protein because you're eating them all in one meal right there. So, it's, like, see, that's, it's, that's how... Like, that's what how do you fucked again? up our industry is yeah. right now. That's, that's like, why it really, up. I think a lot of it does come down to, I, I think it's important to set aside some of the stuff that you you hear, and even some of the stuff that we say on the show. We have, we certainly certainly have our, even though we we tend to have an open mind, we do have some biases. Totally. Stuff works for us, works for our clients. We see it all, um, but yeah, in, in our industry, it really helps to set aside other people's points of view and if, if something intrigues you do exactly what jay's doing here and as i've done in the past just try it for for a month or two and, and see how your body responds to it and then form an opinion on it i just i think it's hilarious that people go through one experience themselves that all of a sudden this is the end all be all and everybody should be doing it kind of nonsense bullshit out there yeah well, the, yeah let me just high protein yeah like for me it's it's 
probably 90% just the satiety because I will eat a lot. And if I have a lot of protein in there, I can kind of, you can kind of, you know, hold that back a bit. And, but if I eat too high carbs, too low protein, I will just, there's no off switch. Mm-hmm. You know, per, you know, perhaps it's a maturity thing. Maybe I haven't grown up yet, but I, I just know this makes it easier for me to stay leaner. Is when I have a lot of protein, uh, even if it is you know somewhat wasteful. Uh, you know, if I can stay fuller and feel more satisfied, then it makes dieting and, and staying with good body composition that much easier. It's the most satiating macronutrient. We know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, what percentage of the population, though, do you think? is getting enough, has their calories on point and their protein on point. So, you know, yeah. we're talking about this stuff that's that's really ideal for, you know, people who are really trying to become a great bodybuilder and who are on the right track. A lot of listeners are like that. But if you can get that, those two things down, you're going to be ahead of so many people. I would say 95% of people on earth, maybe more, 99% maybe, uh, if don't have their calories and protein on track along with their training. So the people... Yeah. We'll see in the gym. That's, it could be improved. Those are my two main concerns. I, I really do let my carbs and fat fall as they may uh, in my diet. Um, I yeah. am. It's my caloric target and protein. I aim for that, and then everything else is. Uh, it is. It, it is what it is. The carbs and fat will fluctuate from day to day. Yeah, that's actually something I learned from you, Scott. It's just uh, I, it's, you know, we just hit those two numbers more than anything, and everything else typically will doesn't. Well, it matters at the end. But there's a long way to go until you reach the end. You yeah, know. And, and you naturally you you kind of you spot trends in yourself that I I do yeah. kind of naturally yeah. consume so many grams of carbs yeah. every day and and so many grams of fat. And at the end of the week, you see I do naturally gravitate towards a certain macronutrient <laughs> ratio. It's just my my protein is basically steady throughout the week. It's um, and my my carbs and fats may may alter from day to day but at the end of the week it all kind of works out to a certain average that that suits me well and and yeah i think we're all we're all a little bit different some people tend to do better with higher fats and higher proteins lower carbs but yeah it's all awareness is key so trying different things and and listening to to what's going on with your body rather than listening to it some other young punk um says what they think is best based on their minimal experience And and oh, I gotta jump in again as 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 the the bigger of the three here. I mean, like it's like, you know, it, you, I don't know. You'll have a. I firmly believe unless you're genetically predisposed to be, you know, a bigger muscular guy, and that's like those are the cards you're dealt. If you're trying to create that body, I mean, you can't. This whole new trend nowadays where people are being so hyper controlling of their macronutrients, like year round. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's great. The mindfulness is great, and it's it's super important while dieting, and, and it's a quality I wish I had more of in myself <laughs> when I'm trying to lose fat. But when you're trying to build your body and just be, you know, I always look at you look at the bros, man, and, and they eat and they enjoy their food and they eat till they're full, and sometimes a little bit more so. And they, you know, it's not so like not everything is on a spreadsheet and, and being so freaking anal all the time. I just feel it creates this this fear of food and this fear of like, because being big and muscular is not a natural thing for your body. You gotta kind of like coax it to get there. Mm-hmm. And I and, and I firmly believe that so much of it is just changing your relationship is with food and just eating more and and just and and not always being so like 
oh, I've had 18.2 grams of this. Now I got to have, you know, tw-. like fucking big guys don't do that, man. Like they never, <laughs> maybe at the end of their diet. Yeah, for sure, man. You got to count everything for absolutely for real. But like year round, fuck man, nobody does that. Nobody. Right. right. You know? Fucking Roddy Coleman does that year round. You know, I granted that that's an extreme example, but you know what I mean? Like any bigger guy, like they take, they approach food differently when they're trying to get bigger and stronger. I wonder if it's because you guys had more wiggle room. Like for us smaller guys, it's like we don't have a lot of calories to to play around with. Um, yeah, well, I agree with interesting. I, also, what's I, your appetite level? You know, that's really yeah. – I have an appetite level that rivals most 6'3". I've got friends that are big guys, and I can eat more than them. Yeah. And that's the way I like to eat. I mean, I like to eat until – I don't really want anything else. And like I said, <laughs> when when I eat 1,200 calories from 6 to 9, it barely gets me to that point. So that will tell you. And I'm eating like high-volume foods. I'm yeah. eating like uh, lettuce on my taco that I make with refried beans and lean beef. And I'm eating a sandwich like from Chick-fil-A. And I'm eating an ice cream cone. And I'm eating a little sundae. And I'm eating like some broccoli. And I mean, I mean this adds up to a, a lot of food. And I'm just getting to the point where I'm satisfied. And I go to bed. And yeah. so <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> and so the thing about it is what's your appetite? You know, yeah. I've heard people say you don't have to count your money. You don't have to count your money. You just need to just, you know, don't buy anything too extravagant and just go ahead and, and just spend. That's because they're naturally frugal. So yeah, yeah, people yeah, get, yeah. Uh, they just go to a store and they're buying like trinkets. They're like, hey, yeah. this little thing looks cool. This will go good on the TV. And then they buy it and they really have to watch their money. And then other people people there i don't have to do that i'm naturally don't buy very much stuff but i know that that's my personality type and it's kind of well, the yeah. opposite with calories some that's people just thing. don't eat that much you that's know? the thing though i might overeat but i do not as a rule eat shit like it's yeah. like that's like i'm not one of these fucking guys who, who bends over backwards to fit pop tarts into their diet you know i just don't mm-hmm. you know that's kind of the that's kind of the trade-off i find like uh, if you know if you actually absolutely have to eat you know so much you know, X amount of crap in your diet every day just to feel like whatever, feel happy, like a five-year-old, whatever, then, you know, maybe, (laughs) maybe you have to have that degree of control, but like, man, like if you're 90% eating, like, hate to use the word, but clean foods, you have a lot more, you can eat more, man. I mean, you can be more, Mm. feed the machine. Like, oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I got to have some good stuff in there somewhere. Not a pop star. (laughs) Pop-Tart's a bad trade. 170-calorie ice cream cone? I'll go with that. But not a Pop-Tart. That's 200 calories a piece, man. You eat a pack of those, it's 400 calories. Screw that. What the fuck is with Pop-Tarts, man? It's like... (laughs) I can crumple a Pop-Tart into a golf ball, and that's what's going in your stomach for 400 calories. No way. It's a bad trade. That's an expensive thing that's not worth crap. Golf. (laughs) (laughs) It's got all the same nutritional quality, too. It does, yeah. Same amount of macro, or micronutrients. That's right. So what's uh, what's your training been like, Jay? Hey, it's been good. I, I've been playing basketball, and I don't know. I had a night the other night where I've been playing better and better, but lately I've been through going through a little slump, and I got really aggravated, and I thought I'm playing against people you know, 10, 15 years younger than me, and I scored like six. If I don't dominate... I'm not happy. I, I mean, I, I don't want to brag here, but I played basketball. Anything you do for eight years, five hours a day, and I'm not joking here. I did it much more intense than I bodybuilded. 
So I went down there. I was doing really well, even though I was kind of out of shape. Now I'm in better shape, but I went through a slump. I'm not shooting good. I got blocked like three times, which is not unheard of since I'm 5'6". But I got really mad, and I thought, at this point, I would have to put a lot into this to crawl out of this slump. And I'm risking tearing my ACL. I'm risking rupturing something. And I thought, I got to go back to bodybuilding. And I got a new fire for bodybuilding. And I thought, I'm leaving this in my past. You know, it's it was a really intense part of my life, uh-huh. and I but I got to leave it in the past. I'm old, er, <laughs> now too old for basketball, and something's going to happen. So, I went in the gym yesterday, had a really intense bodybuilding workout for the first time in a while. I've been maintaining, but my training, in other words, has went up a notch just in the last couple of days, and I I've, I've got a new fire for it again. So, uh, I upped my volume, got a really good workout, and enjoyed the workout for the first time in a few months. Even though I kept training. I had steered away from it. I guess it was a little bit of burnout. And sometimes yeah. people at home need to realize you may have to steer off and do something like run a 4K, like Brian was saying earlier. Uh, yeah. Brian said he went off, steered off a little bit. Sometimes you need a vacation. That don't mean quit, but it means maybe have minimal workouts, and then maybe you need a few minutes to go away from it and then to, to appreciate it again. So that's how my workouts have been going. I'm just now getting back into a real bodybuilding routine after some basketball. So. That's awesome. It's good balance, man. Very cool. Yeah. And what's your uh, what's your training been like, Brian? Actually, it's been really it's been really interesting because um, well, I finished that that diet for our, that project we did, and um, and I always like to follow a kind of a really low calorie phase with like a hypertrophy phase where I use a lot of frequency, especially for weak body parts. So I hit that with uh, with vigor, and it and really I got a lot out of it, like hitting triceps, hitting shoulders a lot more. Um, but also I, uh, uh I bought, uh, Alex Viata's book, um, the, or you have to forgive me, I forget the title, uh, hybrid athlete. Yeah. Hybrid. Oh, athlete, okay. Yes. Yes. And, yeah. Cause uh, he's a crazy con. Like he's a big freaking dude, Oh, he's, and, yeah. but he's in incredible <laughs> conditioning. Like he's, yeah. Does he do triathlons oh, yeah. and stuff like that? Is he a triathlete oh. and a bodybuilder or and, strong and strong as hell? Like he's like a freaking nature. He's yeah, Michael think, Hearn. He's like, oh, Michael Hearn's a freak too. Yeah, he's yeah he's Michael Hearn without the yeah um yeah he's a yeah he's a, <laughs> yeah. he's a yeah he's a powerlifter and a triathlete and and yeah and I just got really kind of turned on by his book and um, so I started doing a little bit more cardio and because uh, I noticed that, was there you know, a pause? I was doing cardio during my diet I'm sure you're getting a drink there but there, I thought you're, there's a pause knowing I'm gonna rip into you or whatever <laughs> cardio <laughs> that's right well no I was doing I was doing a little bit for my diet but yeah. I realized that. Like, um, it, I was so tired by the end. It was really, it was just shuffling more than anything. It was like walks in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So it really, it really was, it was burning calories and it was doing what I wanted it to do. It was burn fat and get me ready for this thing. But it really wasn't improving my conditioning at all. And then, uh, right after it, I went up in the mountains and I barely finished this long hike my buddy put me through. So I'm like, okay, that's it. I have to get this back in order. So I've been doing some uh, like some 4K runs and a little bit of interval work and yeah I'd like told no interference with my training at all because it, it doesn't take that long and just uh, be kind of enjoying it. I'm just looking at it a little bit differently. I think when you're dieting and you're doing cardio, it's such a chore because everything else fucking sucks. So it's just like it's just one more thing that sucks on your plate. But uh, right now I'm eating a lot more, so it's, it feels good. Interesting. It's um, yeah. I mean, there's definitely benefits to including cardio. Especially yeah. in a like in a muscle building phase, because it it helps um, 
with uh, removing waste product from from the muscles, yeah. and it helps for delivering nutrients to your muscles, uh, and just uh, overall health in general as well. And I think based on like studies, like running probably is the most um, mm-hmm. would it, it cause the most interference effect with your muscle gains. But uh, when I see like, the, the beneficial studies come with uh, like cycling and stuff like that. Um, where you're working mm-hmm. the muscles and, and, um, um, I think anything will work. I've noticed, I have noticed that if I do running like on the treadmill or just go outside and run, my legs get a little stringier. I have problems with yeah. that anyway. And so it, it like exacerbates that problem. But if I cycle, I can do the stationary bike and I push really hard with intervals, my drop around the knee will actually get better, which is mm-hmm. the problem that I have. And so, yeah, that's true. But with a Brian, your quads are good, right? <laughs> Dude, <it is> sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you're not going to have that problem. I mean, if they strung out yeah. just a little bit, you're going to get that back in two squat sessions. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. For body composition, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't worry me too much. But uh, no, I, I certainly feel more. Uh, feel a little bit more like an athlete as opposed to just a, a guy who farts around the gym. So I, I like that. Yeah. I but, think. And yeah, I've, and, I've, I've been trying to. I've been putting my client through workouts where she's including um, battle ropes in there. It's something I still haven't done myself. I'm putting her through it, and she's uh-huh. freaking yeah. loving it. And um, from what I hear, it's incredibly um, – lots of great cardiovascular benefits. It's something good for the upper body and the core as well. Um, so you're not always – because a lot of cardio tends to like tax the legs and everything. And I find my legs uh, need a bit of time to recover from some of the, the training. So I don't want to – cause too much of an interference effect i find that the walking yeah. my walking my dog is beneficial for me like the active recovery there um running i i wish i could run I, I i do miss running but knees hips ankles they just they take a beating yeah. uh, i i that's that's the main reason why i stopped i i've i've ran most of my life and competitively and mm-hmm. loved it so i kind of a part of me misses it um yeah yeah i i'm definitely i'm not against cardio for sure it's just finding the things that that you enjoy that won't cause an interference effect um, just it's it's i find it's a delicate balance getting that just that right amount in there that you're going to experience the benefits of cardio but not too much where it cause an interference effect with your gains yeah, yeah. and that's where alex's book is is just excellent because he uh it's a, a large part of it is devoted to that ah just sweet to like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah you know, and, you should be doing this, but this is how you program it in. And he has different, um, you know, for yeah, for powerlifters and for uh, for actual athletes and stuff like that, how you would how you'd squeeze it in. And it's, it's actually not that much additional exercise. So ah, cool. Yeah, he's brilliant too. Yeah. He's a smart guy. Well, fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, what's the what's the plan from from here on out? Are you going to be making a change soon? Who me? Yeah, in your training. No, Jay. You. Oh me! Uh, oh me! Well, I got to. Well, I'm doing a little vacation next week, and then I then I'm moving. So I, I honestly think August is going to be a total crapshoot. So um, I've kind of got my designs on September. Uh, come back and do uh, do a big hypertrophy phase, and then uh, move into strength probably in the winter. Classic classic meathead periodization, and then you don't die in the spring, and so it goes. <laughs> there is Very benefit cool. to that for sure. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. But um, try not to get. I'm, you know, at my age, I can't be getting too fat anymore. So, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't last winter, so I think I kind of got it figured out. So, 
you know, gain a few pounds, you know, then take off a few pounds, but none of this 20 pounds shit. Yeah. Like just, you know, I'm, I'm with, with you, you there. Find, yeah. Yeah. find your sweet spot for sure. Yeah. I think that's, that's right. I kind of, I know where my sweet spot is right now. And, um, uh, since you came down, you, you set me on a course of, of pigging out. <laughs> having to try to keep up with your eating was ridiculous um yeah since then i, I think i realized after that I, I needed that diet break my my initial my initial intentions were to keep going with my cut at that time but uh, i fucking i torpedoed that you torpedoed it dude but it, what no, happens it was, when people I'm, get I'm together like did. that i'm glad you did can't stay on a diet yeah no i <laughs> i needed that break so um, I've got a few more days. We're going camping this weekend, so I'm going to continue to relax on my diet for this week, and then um, Monday I'll I'm going to start dialing things in. It'll be about nine weeks until my 40th birthday. So uh, perfect. I'm I'm I got my sights on that. It's a big reason why I guess um, to to get really freaking cut and jacked there. So I'm going to shred things up for that, and then at that point I should have a nice five pound wiggle room where I, I, I can gain five pounds and I, I'm not going to want to gain it too fast. I'll go a, a little uh, slow and steady approach and do some lean gains and then and then get up to that one point where I, I'm comfortable with about five pounds heavier and then start cutting back just a little bit there. And yeah, just periodize things through there. And it's, at that point, it's pretty effortless to kind of maintain that that look that, uh, that I want. And training has been going freaking awesome. I am just the... Uh, this has been a year dedicated to experimenting with various frequencies. And I mean, I've basically, I've built my, built my physique on body part split training. Um, most of my life there, it's just been like three years ago when I started going to like hitting every muscle group twice a week, doing some like kind of the, the fat style of training, like Lane Norton. It's kind of along that line. So having two, two heavy days, strength focused days and, and three hypertrophy days. Um, and my body responded really well to that. And then just this past year started experimenting with, with other frequencies and, um, even doing up to five days a week. And it's been, it's been pretty damn exciting to see how your body responds to the, the different approaches. And, um, right now we are finishing up an upper lower split where we're in the gym five to six days a week. So hitting every muscle group, three times a week basically and it's been going well we're going to shift to a five day a week full body in uh in a week and a half and then uh, that i'm gonna go full bro in september and get back to uh body part splits and and um put a good chunk of time i think we'll do about 12 to 16 weeks of the the bro splits and then then make a shift to uh some higher frequency stuff again trying to try to find that really planning my my year out of because I find they're really feeding off each other the various frequencies work really well together um, and just trying to find that yearly plan where they kind of really work synergistically together and in the optimal way kind of maximizing the benefits from all of them are you finding that all of these things work for a period of time and it's really good to switch because I'll I'm the kind of guy that just stays on a split forever <laughs> yeah and i need more variety but do you find that it really jump starts things and then starts to plateau and then you switch it into another one yeah definitely and some more than others like i find the the body part split routines i can 
like 12 weeks is freaking awesome. I'm like gung ho. My body's responding great. Great. Uh, if I could push it to 16 weeks, it's the last couple of weeks, the 15th, 16th week, uh, the body starts to feel a little beat up uh, at that point. The, the volume is uh, can be a bit, it, it starts to take its toll on the body. So then it's it's a good time to, to switch the frequencies there. But I find with the, the higher frequency training, I can't, I don't know, I guess... I guess I need to experiment with it a little bit more. It depends on your approach with the higher frequency training. Because this last approach that I took where there wasn't as much heavy lifting, like I've done one of the high frequency approaches where there was it was just mainly focused on strength training and lifting in that three to six rep range. And I found four weeks of that, pff, fuck, that, that was it for me. My body was toast. It was It was great up to that point, but I could only handle it for four weeks. Right now, with the approach we're taking, where there's a quarter of our training is focused on strength, the heavy lifting, and the rest is more in the 6 to 12 rep range and even some some lighter stuff in there, our body can really handle that. Um, and a lot of it depends on how much volume we're having per workout as well. Uh, but I find with the, the higher frequency training right now, our bodies are feeling pretty fresh for the most part. It, I'm anxious to see how it goes this time around next this upcoming month here. Because uh, I think we found a really good formula where our body is feeling really good, recovers really well from it, and we always feel a nice pump with everything. So it's it's been interesting. I think I still have a little bit more to learn about how my body responds and how to set up my training just right with the higher frequency where I, I think I can maintain that for a very long time uh, if set up properly um, as I have in the past, uh, the past go around there. That's the thing with the strength stuff is I always feel like I don't get a pump, you know, and, and so you do your low reps and you're like, ah, I know I worked out hard, but I don't have a pump, you know, mm. <laughs> I always love the pump so much that I feel yeah. like I need it to get a good workout. And that's probably, that's not true. It's not true. No, they, again, the, the lower rep stuff, it definitely helps out. It helps out the, the, the pump stuff, the pump work that you do later on. I just find, um, I don't need much of it. Like I said, maybe 15 to 25% of my training at most. Uh, so if I finally, I think my sweet spot is 15% of my training in that three to five rep range. The bulk of my training, like 75% in the six to 12 rep range. And then like another 10% in the um, higher rep ranges. Uh, that's where my body, I think that's my sweet spot where I respond really, really well. Um, so I, I find I need a little bit of higher rep work out there and I need uh, a little bit of that really heavy lifting shit in there too. I'm going to bring up something here real quick. I don't do a lot of three to five reps at all. It's mostly eight is about as low as I go six every now and then. And what I find, and this probably has nothing to do with anything. Don't laugh at me, but I can get a pump in the gym and I'm massive, right? I mean, I really look big. Take your pictures then uh, within two hours i'm like flat, especially when dieting that's a normal to have more density and more staying power as far as your size goes if you do throw in a lot more of that lower rep range that strength stuff that maybe is not so volume based you know it's like all the capillaries and everything that that get good at delivering blood and then they deliver blood fantastic to those muscles while you're working out but after that it seems like i flatten out a lot maybe more strength work might actually help with that uh, the strength work, 
it definitely creates a more denser look to the muscle. But I think no matter what, um, the pump work that if we work in the six to twelve rep range, you're gonna get you're gonna get a pump, and that pump's going to disappear. Um, it's gonna it's gonna shrink up. I think it's no matter what. I think some people argue about the the, the strength proponents will argue well it's just it's all show no go uh it's only temporary they shrink down you lose it fast um but no that pump work is it's necessary for the growth and you got to more or less look at over time what what is that eight rep work doing to your physique over time is it helping overall hypertrophy so even though you're 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 shrinking at the end of the workout two hours later you're still growing Mm-hmm. Um, month after month type thing or year after year. That's that's the most important factor to look yeah, at. Yeah, I think it's, so too. We're never going to maintain that pump. That pump is sick. It's always awesome. And actually, sometimes I think the pump is is too big in the gym. Like I, I don't look as good with a bigger pump. I don't see the same kind of separation between my arms and shoulders. If it, Like on an arm day, my arms are fill out and balloon out so much that uh, it kind of takes away from from the shoulders and so I don't know. I think nothing wrong with. I don't look negatively on the loss of a pump after two hours, um, but throwing strength work out in there is definitely yeah, beneficial. You know, that's the only thing I can think of. It could just be completely genetic that I pump like that. I mean, you can look at my Instagram. There's pictures on there where I look gigantic. I mean, for you know my arms because that's right after I work out. Mm-hmm. And then there you can watch one of my YouTube videos, and you're like. Does that dude even lift? You know, <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. It's like I, I go up like two times, and one of my friends said, I wish I could get a pump like that. And he's big all the time, it looks pretty much the same all the time. And I said, Why? So you could look good, you know, look huge uh, an hour, five times a week. I said, You're huge all the time, you know, so it's better actually to just hold size and look the same pretty much all the time. But uh, it's fun in the gym, but it's an interesting thing. I think people. It's just genetics. Different people do different things. I deliver a lot of blood to muscles. They really pump up, but they also deflate. So, you know, yeah, one of those things. Definitely include all the rep ranges in there. Get some strength in there. Get some high rep stuff in there. I think that's your body responds. I mean, your body adapts to rep ranges faster than anything. So um, throwing in different rep ranges in there is probably one of the best things that, uh, that you could do for yourself. Right. All right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Have we covered it all? Do we have more to cover? I, I think that's good. I think that's a good recap what's been going on. And I think uh, we've had some requests to keep you on the show once a month. I think uh, I think that'd be excellent. Touch base with you. And this will give us a chance to, uh, four weeks from now, see where you're at with this intermittent fasting experience and seeing how your body's adapting with that. And uh, I'll be anxious to see how it continues to go for you. Seeing it's going to be interesting to me too. I can go back and listen to this and be like, hey, "That's when Jay really liked intermittent fasting, or whatever it is that I'm doing." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it may turn out to be the greatest thing ever. Who knows? But I'll keep you updated because it's an experiment. I mean, you know, I'm not promoting any type yeah. of eating. I'm just sticking my calories at night for a while. So we'll see. How yeah. yeah, yeah. You're in a. You, you have such a good perspective on it. I mean, you can actually. You know, you, you can actually evaluate things kind of objectively and for what they are as opposed to what they're kind of hyped up to be. So, mm-hmm. I uh, yeah, I certainly look forward to hearing your, your opinion. I, I, I know you're going to make it work for you, but, uh, but I also know you like to eat, so this will be, be interesting. Yeah, it doesn't spur my binging so far, 
And so, man, I would love to come on here every month. I love talking to you guys. And anybody listening, go to fulldisclosurefitness.com. You can listen to my podcast, and I'll keep you updated there, too. And then I'm thinking I'm going to have these two guys come on my podcast very soon. So uh, fulldisclosurefitness.com and J. Scott Fitness on social media. Yes, There you sir. go. Outstanding, man. Outstanding. Great talking with you, Jay. Great catching up. And uh, we'll do this again soon. Sounds great. See ya, boys. Peace out. Yeah. Later.